0: Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Leon. <laughs> surprised you there.
1: I, I, was, I was paying attention, I was.
0: Sure. Uh, <laughs> so, in a surprised sound and movement, <laughs> how are you feeling today?
2: Oh.
0: Oh. Stress and tiredness.
1: It's like combined in one.
0: <laughs> combined in one.
1: <laughs> it's a nice little, nice little ball—a yawn of tiredness and stress.
0: <laughs> a ball of tiredness and stress. Yeah, yeah.
1: It seemed, it seemed appropriate,
0: Leon. Enjoy the podcast, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Joy and Stress and Small Packages. Um, Great. Leon. Yeah.
1: In a sound and a movement, how do you feel? <sighs> I feel like this has to do with food.
0: Yeah, I had I had quite a lot of kimchi just now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I need to ask you this. So, yeah. somebody pointed out that I often say kimchi rather yeah, than yeah. kimchi. So, okay. you have lived in the Korea and <laughs> can you tell me whether it is Iambic, or trochaic. Thanks.
1: I would say kimchi, because in Korean there is there is um it is it uh, every every syllable gets stressed. Ah. Yeah. You also only get. I think it's either three. You get syllables in terms of threes or or wait, sorry. It's either twos or ones. That um that's why if you get something like um a no sorry, it's threes ah oh. so if you get something like a c it becomes a c a right because you need the third you need the third
0: oh uh, so there's a little schwa at the end
1: yeah, yeah, that's why you get some computer becomes computa. uh sometimes they' like there's all there's a whole bunch of them uh. yeah. As we often you get the no uh, stop also happens a lot. In you know, <laughs> I something that I just do, but you know. Well,
0: so it good. should be, um, spondaic. If we're thinking about it in terms of uh, stress patterns. It should be kimchi.
2: Kimchi. kimchi. Yeah.
0: yeah. Da da. Not pyrric. Kimchi. Yeah. It's kimchi. Kimchi. Yeah. Also really important. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and what's not to like about things that are delicious sure nothing no.
1: mm. Mm.
0: So, so today what are we talking about you look jubilant about our conversation
1: um so we are talking about um the question that i sometimes get should mm. actors do accents
0: should actors do accents
1: yes or do actors have to do accents like mm. is it part of a great like set of mm, tools <laughs> that is like yes an actor must be you know uh be able to project or make their voice louder or heard in the space an actor must be able to emote and things an actor must be able to get into different characters must an actor also be, have to do accents Oh, that was a very
0: strange way to phrase that. I just thought about that, but no, I like <laughs> it. I like it. I think it's um, yeah, powerful, emotional, mm. connected. Sure. <laughs> um, but like, uh, I I often have this thought about actors being versatile. And when I was a child, mm-hmm. I would watch movies with people in the movies, actors in the movies, who <laughs> were great dancers great singers great actors great movers great storytellers great users of language um they did all sorts of extraordinary things and did all of it to an extraordinary standard mm-hmm. and then i always aspired as an actor and still do aspired to be able to do as much as possible be as versatile and um Available to opportunity as possible. And it, the industry has moved very much in the direction in recent years of it being um, about not necessarily people being actors and being celebrated for their ability to portray a character, but instead having people who are similar or the same as um, the character type that is being portrayed and then just using them to do the mm-hmm. job that otherwise that an, an actor would ordinarily or otherwise have done. Yeah. Which throws up questions not just for accent, but also for gender, for um, ethnicity, for sexual orientation, um, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. There was a big thing in the gay press in the last few weeks about should it, Darren Chris, who mm-hmm. said that he's no longer going to play gay characters.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it's like, well, okay, but like, should gay actors play gay characters, or gay actors not play gay characters, or straight actors? Blah, 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 blah. So there's it's this whole thing, and it's not that far it's, away.
1: It's that big. It's that big. The, the what was the thing with Brian Cranston that was in? Um, he played um an He played a guy who was um, immobile. So in in a in a movie where he was in a wheelchair for like um, the entire movie. And there was a big debate that came up that was like, well, there are disabled actors who could play that part. And Brian Cranston was like, but I am an actor and part of my job is to be able to play parts that are very, very far away from me rather than give it to someone whose experience is closer to that. Um, because I guess the question was, where is the challenge in that? But, um, and i feel similarly about accents um when people ask me like oh should i should i be able to do a whole bunch of accent i i mean my my thing is like get the basics <laughs> be able to do a general something and a general something whatever that means um and then you can start to add on as you as you as you learn more about accents and as you get better at it, you can add more on, but I get, I get lots of students, particularly younger students who just have a list of accents that they're like, I need this one. 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 And I need
2: it like next week. <laughs>
1: I'm just like, that is not, um, that I don't think it's musical, but over periods of time.
0: That is one of those things I think. And I, I find it quite interesting that when you look at, the actors who are from Europe, who work in America, Mm -hmm. they almost invariably use an American accent. Yeah. So the very dreamy and wonderfully talented um, Alexander Skarsgård will Um. absolutely (laughs) use an American accent. This is a man who speaks like seven languages or something ridiculous, right? Um, but he, he uses an American accent of some description in order to portray the characters that he plays. Um, and the same thing with everybody in the Marvel universe. Um, yeah. They all have an American accent, except if they're a baddie, because then they speak with an RP accent.
1: Wait, what, what about, wait no, the, 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 the IT dude who came to life, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Um, Paul
0: Bettany is the actor. Yes. Yeah.
1: He's not evil.
0: No, he's really good, actually. He is. There's no he's spoilers in, a... in that, guy.
1: And British accents in American minds equal intelligence, or just supreme
2: evilness.
0: <laughs> right?
2: Like evilness. Yeah.
0: So, like, I, I... I don't know. It's really strange. And then... So there's always these actors that go to the States and they're expected to have an American accent. What's right. hilarious, the Hugh Laurie yeah. mm-hmm. yes. auditioning, I've, I must have told this story already on the podcast, but Hugh Laurie has told the story on a number of occasions, this anecdote about auditioning for um, House. Yeah. And the producers were looking high and low and looking for this sort of great American actor, and where all are all these great American actors? And in comes Hugh Laurie, and he's like, Oh, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you, and the sort of nice, uh, you know, uh, baritone voice, and he's also and the director and the producer after well, the producer turned to the director after Hugh Laurie had left the room and said, Now there's a great American actor. <laughs> and and then he was told when he was on set that he was like, Oh, hey, I mean, you know, I'm just gonna not not playing the character now, so I'll just be me, Hugh Laurie, ha. And then they were kind of going, but how have you lost your English accent or how have you lost your American accent now? And he was kind of like, No, no, my accent is this, this is how I speak. <laughs> I'm an actor. Um, and had to really sort of spell it out for people. Yeah. that he was acquiring an accent for the role and it wasn't how he normally speaks but the hilarity that the producers whoever they were at the time had said now that's a great american actor when he is quite literally not um <laughs> like, he's a great actor he's not american <laughs> but like it's kind of it's really strange it's really strange how there are there is really really is a double standard with that
1: mm and I, I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was British for a long time. I really didn't until later in my life, and then I was really embarrassed. But it was the same thing with Idris Elba. I didn't know that Idris Elba was also from. Is he from Hackney?
0: He's from Hackney.
1: Yeah, didn't know that. Um, and
0: I caught up with all the new Luthers this week.
1: <gasps>
0: Have you seen Luther on Fudge? No.
1: Tell me nothing.
0: Get. You need to get on iPlayer and watch all of Luther, like I've been doing with Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. It's an international trade-off.
1: I know. I remember Because I remember I, when I first saw Luther, like the first, first time, I was like, wow, Idris Elba is a really good accent. So I was like, oh, that's crazy. It was like, it was like, Americans normally never do British accents. Well. I was like, it's really the hardest thing to get them to be authentically, like, you know. And I was like, and he's got all the things. And then I looked it up, I was like, well, gosh darn tootin'. <laughs> 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 I've been I've been swindled again <laughs> <laughs> by interest
0: by these pesky actors <laughs> but, and their accent ways.
1: Tangibly like, oh, I remember when um Andrew Garfield was in um the Spider the was it The Amazing Spider-Man they went through lots of different names.
0: <sighs> I remake no of the first movie that everybody remakes every time.
1: Exactly. Why are you making the sound even? anyway? No idea. but yeah. I didn't know he was—I didn't know that he was English as well until um, years later when I saw an interview of him doing something, something, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, um, I, well, you yeah,
2: fine. Fine. <laughs> fine."
0: I had literally the opposite situation with him. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. <laughs> where, where
0: I knew him because I was a first year when he was a third year at drama school. And he used to live with my one of my best friends. So um, then I was like, "Oh, he's doing a good American. Well done. People will believe that." <laughs> like it was literally the opposite like, of that. That's believable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For a boy from sorry, although well, no, he's not actually he's a, he is actually born in America, but
1: um,
0: he was yeah. He uh, was like, raised in in the UK, but it's yeah. There are really there are some really good accents out there, and I think it is it's it's one of those things. It's like well what. what especially in the uk i mean not especially in the uk but we're a smaller more concentrated um melting pot of accents in this country because everything's much closer um you know you can you can travel across a state and still go you know four or five times the length and breadth of the uk um in the states so it's not like you know how many times does the uk fit into texas Isn't it like six times or something it's
1: like six yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so it's like pff, but we've got such a high concentration of accents in this country mm-hmm. that um that if you can't do another regional accent and you can only do your own it's it's called kind of prohibitive it stops you from being able to play those other characters and that's not to say that you have to be able to do you know i don't know do a hull accent to do anything that was ever written by any of the company that's worked with hull truck or that you have to you know do pinter in rp or shakespeare in a sort of birmingham accent although it sounds awesome but it's you don't have to you don't have to do um to speak dylan thomas poetry in a welsh accent although it helps because the rhythm of it really lends itself you don't have to do akeborn in a, in a scarborough accent although again it helps um <laughs> so there's all these sorts of um things that 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 we do in this country that from playwrights that doesn't that don't necessarily work If you don't add an extra layer, especially in this country, because accent is so relative to class, um, or at least the perception of class and the perception of educational standing, that if if you can only do your own accent, then you are absolutely pigeonholed into one set of casting possibilities.
1: Yeah. And I think in the US, I think it's not necessarily class related. I think accent is related to class, but I think, I associated more with like race and ethnicity mm. than like class and then geographics. So, you know, Northeast versus South versus Midwestern versus like West. Right. But that's not necessarily class. It's more geographically related. So I think when people go to drama school in the U S it's more about Getting them to the common denominator, and then being like, "Oh, what happens if you get if you if you go southern?" Um, because the character needs to be from you know somewhere deep south because that's integral to their identity in some way, shape, or form, or the character and who they are. That's I think that's what my thing with accents are. I am not really a fan of learning an accent for the sake of an accent. Although like hey, they're fun, so like why not? But um, but I'm more about what do you, what do the sounds of the accent help you with in terms of finding a character or in terms of find, finding a particular movement or finding a particular, you know what I mean? Like it's so, it can be so much more than just like, I'm going to do an accent. So as long as it's helping with the story, then I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. And the story doesn't necessarily have to be dictated by the writer, but can also be dictated somewhat in negotiation with the actor and the director and stuff. And it, and it can be backstory that's not implicit. Well, it is implicit, but it's not explicit in the narrative. But it can be about, well, this actor, this, sorry, this character is, let's use Brooklyn as an example, just because, sure, <laughs> we always do. Um, <laughs> Brooklyn and London, that's our kind of go-to's. But if they're from Brooklyn, then you can tell the difference if they are Italian, or if they are um, African-American, or if they are Jewish, or if they are Irish. Mm. So you've got all three of those, plus, plus probably also Greek on some level as well, and any of the other sort of um European immigrant communities that might live in and around, not necessarily in Brooklyn, but in the Greater New York area. But Mm -hmm. you're gonna have those, you'll be able to tell, you specifically will be able to tell much more specifically than I will. Yeah. Necessarily, although I can hear it, but it's not my hometown. So I don't necessarily know it in the Mm. same way. But it's but it gives you more information about what that the the what the prospective culture that they come from is rather than it just being like, oh yeah, they're from Brooklyn or New York, Germany. mm. Yeah. And the language that people use, I feel like there's a difference between the language that people use and not. And sometimes there can be a real incongruence um, between the language that somebody uses and the accent with which they use those words and the accents with, with which they speak. Because sometimes you think, so like Russell Brand is a real example of that. Do you oh, know yeah. Russell Brand? Yeah. So Russell Brand, British comedian and actor, sort of. Um, and he he extre is extremely clever, extremely well read, but he is brought up in Brentwood, which is in Essex, which is not just it's sort of northeast of London. Um it's one of the big towns that you get to just like before you get out into the countryside basically and um and it's a big town like it's you know lots of people live and work there and it's fine and um and so he speaks in a certain way that historically has indicated a lack of education or um not necessarily a lack of education per se but more so to do with a lack of um, social standing Um, And I feel like often we think about that in a sort of Victorian sense or a sort of slightly post-Victorian sense of it being like, oh, well, you're not landed gentry and aristocracy and you're not the sort of fussy middle class, but you are sort of something under that. So you're an everyday bloke in the street, a guy in the street. And he sort of is, but then when you listen to how he speaks and the things that he's gone through and the things that he's read and his experiences, you understand that actually this is a man of great intelligence, but he doesn't necessarily sound like he fits the stereotype of an educated man
2: mm.
0: in accent terms.
2: Mm. So
0: I think he's been quite instrumental in changing things. Mm. Not necessarily on a on a conscious level maybe on a subconscious level in the mind of the listener Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i think what's really interesting is that we do have expectations for the way that certain accents um sound but also for the people who represent them um and the amount of time that i've been i had to learn this (laughs) this is (laughs) which is definitely like a cultural thing that i was not very aware of the amount of um quote unquote farmer accents that have been done in my class was just like astonishing. And all the things that come in with that um, and other categories of of dividing classes, but, but because it's not just like, okay, these people talk this certain way, it's these people talk this certain way, and this is what that means. And all of that comes in with an accent. Um, well, sometimes are positive, and then sometimes are not as positive <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: quite brutally. Um and really i I find it interesting as an American coming in and kind of deconstructing because I mean the first year we, we I we kind of deconstruct your own accent in order to figure out what accent we can do what you're closer to and all this other stuff. Um and it's really interesting to look in and see how much weight an accent holds in lots of people's identity. Um, which is why I think it's a really good tool for actors in terms of um, character work and, and, and discovering things and building a character because i think within an accent holds so much of a person's identity but also the way that other people see them as well and that also contributes to their identity and what they want to show people and what they don't want to show people um so yeah i mean i think it's all really fascinating but i i definitely think and and but see the question is then should actors do accents and I think they should do accents if it's called for. But then I've also been in rooms where somebody just goes, well, I just want them to be Scottish. Why? Don't know. Just, just really, just really feel like that's what, you know, that's what it should be. And then you're just like, well, eh, there's no motivation for that. That's just somebody really wanting to show off their Scottish accent. And I don't know if that's necessary.
0: It's a little bit like sometimes people. Painting by numbers, but in a sense that people want to do something different, and Mm -hmm. there's a sort of there's a a list of things that you could change. And sometimes when it comes from a director, they they kind of they don't want to change the intention behind the moment, behind the scene, the Mm -hmm. subtext of it. They can't because that's what's written. Mm -hmm. They don't want to give somebody a limp because that seems kind of <laughs> extreme and extraordinary and it's like oh this person's got one eye like what how why why are you doing that why are you disabling this character for no reason or you know giving them some kind of inf- affliction that they don't that's not in the script it doesn't make any sense so sometimes it's like well can you I need I need there to be something different about them that indicates that they are not from here or they are not part of or they are extra or surplus to. Mm. And so accent sometimes makes them defined as different, defined as other, and so therefore it becomes a kind of um, byword for... Um, like a primary color of difference. So everyone else is blue and this person is red. And you kind of go, oh, okay. But it's done with such um, sort of opaqueness. We lots of visual ideas it? But um, <laughs> visual metaphors. Um, it's done with such opaqueness that it's just like what they've done is just slapped on a load of color. And you're like, whoa, hold on. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense anymore. It's just now all just a different color or whatever for no particular reason mm. and sometimes that can be an overall aesthetic and you can just accept it from the beginning you're like okay fine um hamlet is set in denmark but we're all doing it in a Liverpudlian accent all okay. right so the castle is now in liverpool maybe i don't know <laughs> like is it Pff, sure whatever but it's like, but you can sort of get on board with that in the beginning, but if somebody just turns up with some random accent, because they're a messenger, and it's like, you know, my lord, <laughs> <laughs> I come with a message, my lord, and it's like, okay, so why is there some random Welsh guy, and then there's, you know, <laughs> the next time it's like, you know... <laughs> I bring news from over there. You're like, what? Who are you? And why have you just turned up? It just doesn't make any sense to just arbitrarily do that. And then sometimes yeah. it's not done with enough nuance and and um, and care, yeah. and and the considerations that it does. It is an extraordinarily um, potent marker of somebody's cultural and socio-political standpoint and upbringing, etc. That it's kind of a bit like. You know,
1: I making try somebody it.
0: blind when they're not, or <laughs> just putting a hat on someone for no reason—it's just like what it doesn't yeah. make any sense.
1: Yeah, I get a lot of um really. I've I've got a lot of uh, first years who came in, and and um, and they're like, well, you know, I wouldn't be an actor, but I basically just want to do a whole bunch of acting. And I was like, so is that why you wanted to become an actor? I was like, because you could just start a YouTube channel with you doing a whole bunch of actors? It's a lot lot less money <laughs> um, yep. than going through acting school and doing that mm. there is that kind there is this kind of expectation that like i'm going to be an actor i'm going to have to do a lot of accents and i'm going to have to do them well um and there's a sad reality that some people can do accents really really well and others are not as great at getting them <laughs> yeah um, that's just what it, I mean sometimes you're good at some things you're not great at other things um is it the end I don't think it's the the end all end no you can't I mean there's some great actors who don't do accents
0: just yeah Michael Caine never done an accent in his life I mean he will tell you he's doing an American accent <laughs> no. no
1: it's pretty it's just a different set <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> different location <laughs> Who asked that he says he doesn't do accents? Who um, Ian is it was it Ian McKellen when he was uh, he did he, he base but he based, he was in an interview and he was basically just like, Well, I don't do them because
0: yeah, no, he doesn't really do accents. He does his own, he does his sort of own accent.
2: Hmm.
0: So he has an interesting accent because he was born and raised in or just near Manchester,
1: which you would never know
0: which you would never really know except when you really listen and you're like oh yeah um but then he then went to oxford mm. um around about the same sort of time as maggie smith mm. the two of them were at oxford at a similar time and and um and so he changed the way that he spoke because he went to oxford which mm. is not unusual and as we know rp Um, sometimes is also often referred to as Oxford English Mm -hmm. so that sort of Oxford English sound mixed with his um, Manchester sound is basically what you get with Ian McKellen
2: Mm.
0: and for him also it is about his quality of speech so the quality Mm. of voice but also the quality of the language that he uses and he's an extremely bright man so All of these things combined, you get this kind of sense of gravitas and authenticity and authority and intellect that you don't necessarily get with everybody else. Ooh. Similarly to Maggie Smith, she doesn't really do accents.
1: Yeah.
0: But... She did one in the IS Kind season. of, a k- yeah, sparingly. <laughs> Harry Potter, she does a Scottish. She does a kind yes, of Edinburgh kind of accent. Yeah. And then, and then in Grand Exotic Exotic Marigold Marigold Hotel, can't say the name yeah. of the movie. It's a great film. She does great. a sort of East End London sound.
2: Yeah. And
0: her parents were Scottish, mm. as far as I'm aware, and she was born in the East End of London, not mm. far from where I live. In fact, oh. um, yeah, she's local. Um, so, yeah. I don't know I think if you're a good actor you're a good actor yeah and often as we know and we know we know several of them if you if you need somebody to really coach you on a specific accent there will be somebody called in to help you
2: Mm. um it could be me
0: it could be you or me Or any number of other people, Um, (laughs) sadly. It's uh, quite a niche industry. And if you want to listen to somebody doing some extraordinary accents um, and having been coached by somebody who is also extraordinary and coaches in several different languages,
2: Mm.
0: watch Killing Eve. Oh, yeah. And watch Jodie Comer absolutely knock it out of the park with scores of accents. And languages
1: Russian, Italian, um, RP. Yeah, uh, she's doing American. I feel like she was American. Yeah, at I think so. When yeah. she just
0: drops and she speaks French in it, yes,
1: yeah, she so just is French. Yeah, and,
0: and like when she just drops into RP having done all of these other accents, mm. my jaw just was like, <laughs> like, I just was sitting there with my mouth open because I was thinking. Where on earth is she Because I hadn't really I I hadn't seen some of the stuff that she'd been in before. So when I saw her in Killing Eve, I was absolutely astonished by the work that she'd done. And it is absolutely brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. And I can't wait for the new season, which comes out later this year.
2: <gasps>
0: they finished filming us in post production. I don't stalk people who are in this show. Why do
1: you why do you know that? <laughs> why do you know that? <laughs>
0: Whatever Sean Delaney put it on his on his on his Instagram. It's fine. Oh
1: uh, yeah, no, just cash, super cash. Something he's currently like
0: in uh, in New York doing. Don't know why we're talking about Sean Delaney, but he's currently in New York doing the Broadway transfer of The Ferryman. Um. um
1: yeah.
0: Which uh, a friend of mine, Terry, is also in. Not so sure. Anywho, Andre, what did you realise? Now that I've stopped talking about Sean Delaney,
1: that now I can't stop thinking about Sean Delaney. <laughs> He's lovely. He is lovely. Um, um, and oh gosh, I've thought about so many things. Um, I my my question has always been: Should actors do accents? And I don't know if they should, but I think they, if they can, that they, I think if they can, they should. That's
0: So, <laughs> are you saying do accents, but only if you're not? terrible, terrible.
1: <laughs> and if you are terrible, maybe you should get an accent because and maybe you should get one before like three days before you start shooting
0: oh my god can we put that in there as a massive just caveat to all accent work all it accent work
1: not time i would even say a week is not enough time you no. need significant you need months to do an accent
0: a month is the shortest amount of time you can really do it Let's be really honest about it. If you're going to play a character, you need to have been using that accent for a month. You can't just do it two days before, unless it is something that you are so familiar with that you can just drop into. Yeah, I can just about drop into a German-American accent at the drop of a hat if I need to. And I can drop into RP at the drop of a hat if I need to. Those are pretty much the two that I could just do off the bat, there are twenty-five, thirty that I could do given a couple of weeks practice. Yeah, but if it's a new one, it's going to take me a month.
2: Oh yeah,
1: it takes me a month every time I have to go and teach another <laughs> a new one that I'm a demo. I'm like, right, okay, so I'm just going to sit here and listen to all of the the Welsh. Always gets me. I'm always like mm, going to have to listen to that at least ninety-seven thousand times. <laughs> 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 that is <just> a thing. <laughs> Um, But yes, no, you need significant amounts of time. I just can't employ that enough. It's not something that people get overnight. Leon. Yeah. What have you realised in this episode?
0: I've realised that I absolutely categorically think that accents are important, that that actors should do accents. Mm -hmm. um, And that if you that if actors, if an actor could do an accent, then that doesn't mean that they should. Um, So it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you can, you should, but that if it is required by the character, by the plot, by the... And there's some kind of justification for it, by all means, go for gold, enjoy yourself. But (laughs) it shouldn't just be one of those things that... that you sort of slap on at the last minute... Mm. and think oh yeah i'll just do that i'll be fine because it doesn't work like that it doesn't it's um there's a whole um like neurolinguistic thing that has to go on with muscles and how do you say a word and stress patterns and prosody and it's, it's there's so much to it mm. that is that is not just you know it is a layer, but it's not an external layer. It's a really kind of embedded layer. It's um, it, and it's so you can't just, you can't just, yeah, just chuck it on at the last minute. It needs some, yeah, needs some thought, needs some, some guidance, some gentle coaxing.
1: Before. And at the very least, you need enough time to do it wrong <laughs> before you do yeah. it right. That I mean, I don't think there's anything that you learn where you do you start doing it right right away. You gotta do it wrong a couple of times before you do it right.
0: Yeah, no there's nothing. I can't think of anything.
1: I was gonna be like eating, but I was like even when I was learning to eat What? <laughs> I, mean, I still
0: can't eat No, you so got that I one can't. over your face, aren't you, Fudge? <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I don't think there's anything. Like it's no- nothing. there's nothing. Great breathing. Don't think- you didn't learn to breathe, but yeah.
1: No, but even then when you first breathe and you cry it's because it's not like, oh no, am I doing it right? And then, oh, well, yeah, I, I am.
0: Think, well, I'm not sure that babies have anxiety about whether they're breathing right or not, but they probably,
2: <laughs>
0: they're, But they're, I think they're just cold, generally. I think they're like, oh, why is it so cold?
1: But when you, when you go underwater, right, don't you have to learn, like, because that's a, a really big thing for a lot of, for a lot of um, I don't know, my sister teaches swimming. So, like, for younger, for, for little ones, <laughs> Um, the one of the big things is like, oh no, I can't breathe the same way I breathe above. So I need to figure out how long I can hold my breath for. Can I open my mouth? Will that be okay? Oh, this water just came in. So maybe it is, maybe you do. I
0: I think breathing underwater becomes a thing. Like once you start breathing, there ain't no turning (laughs) back, let's be honest. Um,
2: You can't turn it off.
0: And then when you go underwater, it's like, oh, I can't breathe anymore. And that gives lots of people a panic attack, you know? It does, yeah my mum can't do it, she like puts her face in the water and then she's like, oh, okay, I'm done, oh, can't do it anymore. And you're like, yeah. all right, chill out, it's only water. Um, so I think, you know, there's differences of... Um,
1: different degrees.
0: Different degrees of that. But I don't think there's, yeah, no, you're right. There is nothing that you do that you don't, that you just get immediately. You have to, you have to work towards it in some way.
2: Yeah, to so
1: work towards your accent.
0: <laughs> oh. Should actors work towards their accents? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at Can You Hear Pod?
1: Or on Instagram at Can You Hear Me Podcast?
0: Or you can search for us on Facebook and on YouTube?
1: Or email us at Can You Hear Me at the back at gmail.com.
0: You can find me, Leon, on Twitter, at Leon Trayman.
1: Or me, Andrea, at Andrea Fudge on Twitter.
0: Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site.
1: The link is in the show notes.
0: To keep the podcast advertisement-free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!